Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I was in Sweden for a bit, and I had sex kind of near where the director Ingmar Bergman is buried. <laughs> hey, welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. This is that podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay, queer, bi, whatever? It's me, your host, Eric Williams, and I'm so happy you're here. I hope you've been having a good week. I just witnessed my first fire in California. Fun! Uh, to be fair, though, it's not a natural fire. It was man-made. So maybe I can't actually clock it as my first. I also uh, do have a crazy update for the first time in months about my pills. So why don't we get into a little Me, Myself, and SSRI. Me, Myself, and SSRI. So just like my therapist in New York, my psychiatrist told me I had to get someone new in California. And so my new psychiatrist, we were talking about my anxiety pills, which I'm on Lexapro on 15 millis. And I was telling her I was honest. I was like, I think it helps to a degree. I thought my anxiety would be a little better overall, just because I still sometimes get like crazy imposter syndrome or like deep thoughts, fears of failure that I was hoping would not be as persistent. And so she told me, she's like, okay, um, well, why don't we go up? So I was like, I'm along for the journey. She thinks that maybe my medication hasn't worked as well because she said, quote, I think it was, um, you're so fucking Jewish. I'm kidding. She just, I, I think that she said that maybe my metabolism goes through the medicine faster than some people. So I'm going to go up to 20 milligrams, which I'm on right now. And then she says I could go up to 30, three, zero. Which she says normally the top is 20, but that's just like what the studies say. And so you can go higher. So like, I'll let you know if I'm tweaking the fuck out. I mean, I'm a little nervous that like I won't be able to like have an ounce of blood go to my penis when I want it to. So stay fucking tuned. Speaking of sex, this week on the podcast, we have the Ashley Ray. And I say speaking of sex because not only is she so open about her polyamorous bisexual queendom life, but also I asked the first time ever on this podcast a new question that I think might be a, a, a mainstay. The question is, what is your OnlyFans niche? What would it be in your fantasy? And I want them to get specific, and Ashley delivers with her answer. She hosts a podcast called TV I Say. She has written for many big publications. She's a comedian. 
comedian, writer, actor. So funny, so knowledgeable about TV. If you're a TV person, this is your app. Uh, do me a favor and throw us a five-star review if you like it. We're on Instagram at Gay Ass Podcast. And you know we're having a party over at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. I love you so much. The Ashley Ray is on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Oh my I, gosh. I, I don't, I really, like when you had the Twitter name of uh, Kate Winslet's Vape Coach, I knew that was like my in. And then I've been along for the journey every step of the way. And I want to tell you how fucking excited I, I am that you are here. So thank you for coming. I am so glad to be here. Like, please. You've had so many amazing people on the show. I was like, you want, oh, like, please. How do I get this Are you my kidding? Like, you are amongst the greats of the guests on <laughs> that's a gay ass podcast that that means so much to me because i just want to be a famous gay like (laughs) well if it matters from me you are a famous gay i mean for the audience let me just give you like the these are the things that i love about the ashley ray like not only kate winslet's vape coach was the handle on twitter not only a polyamorous bisexual icon writer comedian actor obsessed with weed obsessed (laughs) with sex i mean i was literally God, I Uh, have been so excited to have you. So first of all, I want to ask, when you did the Kate Winslet's Vape Coach, what was it a a random idea that came into your head and then people, because I believed it. Yeah. Oh, so many people believed it. It was a totally random thing. I was watching Mayor of Easttown, obviously, as we all were. And just the way she inhabited that vape, it was like she made it its own character. It was, I was like, someone had to help her with this. And she, I, I mean, come on, Miss Winslet, she is, uh, she puts where's the, the nomination in. for the vape, co- for the vape pen itself. Like, I feel like right? that character held so much weight on the show. And listen, I'm one of those people that unfortunately will start watching a show about two to three weeks too late. Oh, yeah. And then I heard all these things about Mare, heard about the accent, heard about the vape, and then I digested that show so quickly but it didn't give me a stomach ache it made me gaping for more yeah are we are they gonna bring it back i it sounds it's, like no it, it doesn't seem clear i've heard like whisperings of a second season but i like to me the best part is that with for me when you think kate winslet i always think like old-timey stuff i'm like mayor yeah. of east town this is about some woman who has a orphanage and she like buys horses or something and then to just like watch her sucking on that vape, it, it's amazing. With like the most disgusting accent you've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I say it as someone who has family in Pittsburgh, which I know it's like adjacent to where yeah. Merritt, but like, it's the most disgusting. Like, I have cousins that would say when we were younger, all right, you guys, we'll see you for your bar mitzvah in October. Oh, like, I see. Ugh. Here's the thing I love it. I love it. <laughs> Like, I am into the, like, I'm very into all American accents. I love the Boston accent, a Southern mm. accent. Like, give me Mid-Atlantic. I, oh. I love our little homegrown weirdo, like. Okay, here's a question then. What is, if you were, like, flirting with someone, what to you is a sexier accent? Let's say you're in a bar. There's okay. a Southern person. There's a Pittsburgh, like, Boston. No, Pittsburgh. And then, a, so we have Pittsburgh. We have Boston. We have Southern. And then, just for fun, we will throw in, like, a Midwestern, like, banana. Okay. <laughs> As a Midwesterner, uh, Okay. <laughs> We're going to take out the Midwesterner first, is what it sounds like. Oh, I would say Midwesterners, we don't really have an accent. Uh, That's why a lot of times news anchors come from the Midwest, because we have what's called just, like, the pure American, like, tilt. 
So, sure. you know, so, you know, maybe that's just what we tell ourselves, maybe. Listen, listen. And as a uh, growing up in the Midwest, I would I tend to agree with you on that one. The only reason I threw in the bananas because my fucking parents, like, were from Missouri and they have, like, maybe it's just like a nasality that's just not Midwestern. It's just no, that, you. That's, no, that's real. It's like. Okay. It's the op. It's like so. It's like oh, excuse me. There, I don't. It's there. Yeah, yeah. So who are you flirting with in the okay, bar? Okay, it's. Uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm gonna go Boston. Mm, <laughs> I, talk, how toxic of you! I know, right? I know it's disgusting. I, I is it because of your affiliation with like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? Like, what 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 about Boston is so hot? <laughs> like, I lived there for a bit. Like, I went to school in Massachusetts. And there is just something so sexy about that disgusting accent. Like, and I mean, like, a real Boston. Like, I don't mean a Harvard boy. Yeah. I mean, like, nitty gritty. Like, I like, I'm polyamorous. I dated an Irish Boston boy, an Italian Boston boy. Like, that range <gasps> oh of just, God. like, you know, uh, you know. I haven't even seen these take people. Take me to the I'm back already... bay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, park your car. I... I'm not going to do the accent. I feel like it's appropriation if I do it. That's. I mean, there is a fine line between uh, a passion for the accent and just fully appropriating the Boston. Yeah, Bast. I, 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 yeah. I think a, a Boston boy, especially like the Irish Catholic or the Italian Boston boy, will disrespect you in a way that feels good. They're not oh going to go. Oh my gosh! Pulse, yeah, like they won't go too far, but they'll still be like, "What'd you call it's, me?" Yeah, here. it's like just enough that you're like, "Oh, I gotta make Angry Daddy mad proud." It's like exactly. it's disgusting. It, it hurts. That it I love hurts it. a tiny bit, but it hurts just, just right. And you're like, oh god, like every guy from Boston, every like just wonderful stud. It doesn't matter. Queer people from across the spectrum, they have this attitude of just like, oh, you think it's such a big deal? Like, <laughs> oh, and you're just like, no, I'm not. Wait. I'll prove it. <laughs> But then, Boston defies sexuality. It, Boston yeah. is an equal opportunity. Mass Whatever wholeness. you are, they're going to fuck. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I do want to, I was reading online earlier today talking about second seasons. Uh, and just like that, apparently we are waiting on Michael Patrick King and SJP to like give it the green light or like they will do it if there's a story. Yeah. What, what do we think? I, okay. Do, like I, I think there's definitely going to be a second season. It was a surprise hit. Like, mm-hmm. they they showed everyone they could do it without Samantha, kind of. I don't think they pulled it off, but sure. You know, we have something without Samantha. And I, don't, I went to um, a, like, talk with the costume designers, and they all seemed really excited to do a second season. So it's kind of like, why wouldn't they? I agree. I think that it is a good debate about did they successfully not have Samantha in the show? I think like we are so beyond her agreeing to do a second season. I think like we're setting ourselves up for disappointment yeah. if we actually give any hope that she yeah. would come oh, back. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. On what planet would Kim Cattrall be like, you know what? <laughs> After all the fans <laughs> said that they wanted me and SGP, like, yeah. I, who goes backwards like that? It just doesn't make no. any sense. It's like, it doesn't make sense. It's just, I think she's off doing bigger, better things. You know, mm-hmm. she is doing uh, Queerest Folk, the reboot. Right. And so I think she's like, I'm doing gayer things, queerer things. I'm with the times and they're she outdated. Wins. 
She's saying as long as she's eating, she's not going to go back. I think if she had not a single project to do, like maybe she would go. But she ha- she knows her value. And I think Catral is just teaching us like self-esteem and just like knowing your worth. Because, yes, yeah, would she make a crazy amount of money? Yeah. And do I want her back on the show? Of course. 100%. Yeah. But I think, I think what people say that I agree with is that a lot of times you watched and just like that with a bit of a hateful mentality but you are so loving just being surrounded by those women they can say they can do they can be as horrible as Miranda was and and you're still you're still just like I'm gonna watch and it's just I don't it's like a soup it just envelops you and you're like I just and there's one ingredient missing and it's Samantha and it's you know But it's still, you know what? It's a soup that has carrots. It has yeah. a tomato base. It's got su- it got enough salt. Yeah. But you wish there was a meatball. Yeah. You wish there was something just a little heartier in there to really like yeah. get this to be filling. And instead, they give you Che Diaz. <sighs> and that's, I mean, that's the name of a book that needs to be written. And then they give <laughs> and you. And then che they Diaz. give you Che Diaz. I think there's so such controversy around Che and Sara Ramirez because. Have you been seeing the things going around about their like amazing Broadway career? That, yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh, I've like, been a Sarah Sarah, was... I've been a fan of Sarah for so long. Like Grey's Anatomy oh my... days, please. Yes. Obviously, Callie. Like reasons why I'm a little gay, Callie. Yeah. Obviously. Oh my god. I mean, I'm surprised I'm not a lesbian because of of that character. Yeah. I was the type of gay theater kid that would listen to Spam a lot cast recording. And oh yes. Sarah played, you know, Lady of the Lake, and I. What I remember reading that was so, like, revolutionary to me is that when Sarah did that show, they were so good that apparently Grey's Anatomy, was it, um, whoever it was at the network was like, you are so good. Tell us what you want to do. And then Sarah was like, I want, okay, put, give me this role in Grey's Anatomy. And then the career skyrocketed from that. Yeah. Like, if you are that much talent... Like, there's not many people that, like, the industry just be, like, screeched to a yeah. halt. And and this was when Grey's Anatomy was at its top. Okay, yeah. not now when anyone who's done, like, five seasons on Bold and Beautiful can get on Grey's. This was when it was, like, hard to get on Grey's. Prime real estate yeah, on this network. this was, like, big deal. Do you remember? That reminds me of, like, when ER was on. My That was, like, yeah. must-see TV. My parents would watch ER like they were watching the Super Bowl every Thursday. Every, really yeah, day. and it would just be like, okay, this is really intense. I guess this is what we do. Yeah, and then Grey's, like, uh, one of my best guy friends who happens to be straight, unfortunately, he will still watch Grey's. Oh, I still watch Grey's. Yeah, it's like, it. there's such a... I'll never so stop shows. watching until they pull it from my eyeballs. <laughs> when do you think they're going to cancel the show? Do we? Are we going to be alive <sighs> okay, for Okay, I mean... It seems like obviously Ellen Pompeo does not want to do it much longer. Every interview mm. she does, she's just like, I don't give a shit. They're like, <laughs> what do you think inspires Meredith? And she's like, dumb shit. And they're just like, good answer. Like, she yeah. does not want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's probably at a point where she's like literally directing up. She's running the ship and she's probably so desensitized yeah. to like walking into work every day. It goes to show you no matter what your job is, it's still a job. It's still and it a job. <laughs> And, like, it's at a point where there are other greys. Like, we have other anatomies. We could go to mm. one of her sisters. Mm. You know, we got a black sister. We got, you know, you know everyone, all the sister plot lines are very complicated at this point. <laughs> but there's a lot of sister options that they could go with. Even her daughter now at this point is old enough that, like, she could be going to medical school. So. Well, there are so many spinoffs now of every show that I, I think it's it's kind of, I don't know, I don't really have an informed opinion yet because of like 
thinking about there's such an attitude about why can't they make anything original anymore? But then some of the things that are spinoffs can be really good. But then yeah. uh, some of it, like what Hillary Duff is now doing, How I Met Your Father. Uh, I have not, I will not and have not watched oh, it. Unless, I, look, I watched it. I started it. I don't give up on TV shows. I watched no. every episode of Two Broke Girls and I had to give up on How I Met Your Father. Like four oh, no. episodes and I was like, Hulu, don't fucking show me this again. <laughs> What's so bad about it? It's just not, I'm pretty sure they wrote it a while ago because I remember it getting the green light and I think COVID messed it up. And so the writing is very dated. Like there's all this stuff that's like very Tinder circa like 2011, 12. Like it's just some of the stuff you're like, oh, this would have been funny like five, six years ago. But what what is this now? Like, who are these people? That is people? so funny to me to picture all the references. Like, get out of here. I'm watching that 70s show. It's like, wait a minute. Couldn't we have updated the reference? Yeah, it really is just like the lesbian character being like, Mariska Hargitay. Oh, my goodness. And it's like. Oh, Mariska Hargitay. And it's, Ugh. you know. Well, I hope, I hope Hillary is just, I hope she's happy is ultimately the whole you know, I, the thesis. Great cast. I will say 100% just the writing is bad. Okay. We can we can be confident that the writing is garbage. Yes. Um, what about, you had a really great tweet about the SNL hosts that you would like to have go on. And first of all, uh, let me just say the list you had. You had uh, uh, Quinta Bronson, Anna Gasteyer, Nicole Byer, John Torturo, and Sydney Sweeney. I want to ask... How do you think Sydney Sweeney, which we all know is the gorgeous euphoria White Lotus, queen, yeah. White Lotus. I mean, I actually watched White Lotus before I watched Euphoria and I I was like, who the hell she is she can't be that old and she's one of the best actors I've literally ever she's seen. She's amazing in everything she does. Uh and I think Euphoria, she gets to really showcase her talent, yes. but it's it's not seen because the person who makes it is so obsessed with her boobs. So it's like, she'll be in something else and people are like, I had no idea she was this amazing. And then you watch Euphoria and you're like, it's there, but then you forgot because her boobs. And (laughs) so I feel like if, yeah, I think she would be so good on SNL because she would totally be funny. She could show the range and she can't be like, like they can't, you know, make it too booby because it's, it's network. Right. I think also if SNL wants to bring in younger viewers, then that would be a very smart. I just looked it up. She's 24 years old. She has more talent and in like an areola of one of her breasts. Uh, Like she is so because she she can obviously land dramatic arcs and scenes. Amazing crier. She's also so funny and she can play like blonde, vapid, but also like deep feeling intelligent like she has so many i i just i i envision for her an unbelievable career i think that she i'm a hundred percent seeing her oscar winning oscar yeah like beyond i mean it's you know this is really hard for me to say but beyond rachel mcadams beyond absolutely yeah she just, Which is hard to say because I have a, I have a, I have a deep alliance. That's something. I mean, and yep. if you look at her personally, like she fixes cars and motorcycles. She's like what? a total. Yeah, she's like if you go look at her like TikTok and Instagrams, she's a total badass who's just like, oh yeah, my dad taught me how to fix cars. I speak three languages, and it's like she's amazing and just so cool. Is she a nepotism baby? I don't think so, but I I I feel like I haven't looked into it because I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to look into it. Yeah, you know what? sometimes Let's I just like. Sometimes I choose not to. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, 
you know what? I no, I don't want that leave, rug pulled from under me. Yeah, the Nepo stuff has been tough lately. But also, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, what are you going to tell these children of famous people to, yeah, like, like don't not allow to yeah, be talented? Like, come on. Although I do love, Quinta is, like, talent, 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 talent. Not a nepotism baby. How long has Quinta been in making content? Like, for years, building up this career. Years. I mean, uh, I interviewed her for The Cut. And so I got to, like, really talk to her about the timeline of her career. And it's like, she had always, like, loved comedy. But I think it was kind of like me and, like, most, like, Black women our age where you're like, that's like a white guy thing. Like, we, we don't go to school for that. And, like, you go to school for advertising or something else. But you always are, like, watching SNL and reading about comedy and you watch all the stand-up. And then she dropped out in, like, early, like, 2011, something like that. And she just, like, went to Chicago and started at the Second City you know, she was like, oh, this is where all those like white guys went. I can go here. And a teacher there was like, you're hilarious and like paid for her classes. Oh, my God. And it's like that you have to like have that spark and that drive and also that support like who, you know, <laughs> her parents didn't even know that she had like run away to Chicago. <laughs> what? She was like staying with a boyfriend and like going back and forth. And they thought like, oh, are you still in school? And she was just like, for sure. <laughs> For absolutely, absolutely. I'm loving chemistry. And so when she needed the money, she like couldn't ask them. Uh, oh my God. This is all in the interview. So I'm not like, you know, sharing anything private. So No, this is great. Yeah. I mean, she, because also, like, I love that how the article is saying, like, she's making network TV cool again. And like, yeah. there's such, there is such an energy around her show that I feel like has been missing for so, because like a lot of shows, I feel like, you only think about quote unquote cool or musty TV as being on streaming yeah. platforms. And then you don't think about what is, is it on ABC? ABC? Yeah. yeah. So it's like the fact that ABC is now going to have this, like has this must see show. And yeah. And for me as like, I've always loved network TV. Obviously I love television. Uh, I host yeah. my podcast TV. I say, uh, and I, the writing about it, I've always watched network TV. I'm always the person every year who's like, this show on network TV is mm-hmm. amazing. Like you guys are missing out. So to me, it's like a finally I'm like, okay, yes. now, like, I'm like, it took someone so talented to get you all to recognize that there's funny stuff happening. Like, you know, yes. happy ending, single parents. There's been this slow buildup of all these shows that got us to this moment. Wait, 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 wait. Happy yeah. endings. Okay, Ashley, people need to listen to you more because if we had, then happy endings would not have been canceled. Yep. And if we had, then there would be more things like that that are like getting like getting the attention they deserve. Yes. And you know another gotta, one? Don't trust what? the B in apartment twenty three. Kristen Ritter. So good. It was an out there comedy. It was darker mm-hmm. than most network TV. And it just gets overlooked as something that really... Eric Andre was on it. And it yes. pushed these boundaries. But people forget like how we got to this place where you could have a show as funny as Abbott Elementary, uh, American Auto, Grand Crew. There's just like such a good crop in network TV. 
I mean, I'm kind of outing myself as a part of the problem where I'm like, network sucks, but it's like literally we're just proving that it doesn't. But there's yeah. an a, 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 a opinion around the masses that it's like, it can't be cool. Yeah. But clearly it's, maybe it's because it's like, it feels like it's the man and we're like, I, that, think of course, it's, like I think the networks do suck, but it's that they just suck at promoting their shows mm. properly and like really adapting to streaming culture because like most of their money still comes from advertising so it doesn't like do them it doesn't benefit them to like be like let's get it on hulu immediately even though like way more people would watch if they could watch it on hulu right away and instead you have to pay like 99 dollars to be able to do that otherwise you have to like wait the next day or record it and all this stuff and or you like you know or you log into your parents cable thing it's just always so complicated to get access to the shows and that's why shows on like Comedy Central and TBS and all these like mid-range cable channels like get forgotten. Like Chad right. is so good, uh, Miracle Workers, and uh, Search Party before it moved to HBO. Uh, the other two moving. The other two, yeah. So it's like, you know, they get kind of lost in the shuffle because those platforms really haven't figured out a good way to get their stuff onto streaming. I think yes. it's working on better deals with Hulu and just being like, yeah, look put it up immediately and just, you know, put ad in it right away. Like whatever. A hundred percent. I also, I'm like having a flash of like the fact that they gave us such an incredible star. I mean, Casey Wilson is one of, when I saw the first episode of happy endings and her, and it just all of her bits. I, yeah. Cause she, I know like, wasn't she like an SNL, like one. She, season, yes. Like... She, uh, as I, the term that I use is uh to Jenny slate, to Jenny Slate it, as most to people, yes, Jenny Slate, uh, she had done Marcella the Shell with shoes on. Mm-hmm. She was like a rising kind of star, got on SNL. Her first season, she said the F word on live TV. She was not brought back. Uh, but then she just, she like blew up, like being on SNL turned out to be like not great for her career. And everyone loved her on like Parks and Recreation and all this other stuff. Yeah. And she didn't need it. It was just kind of this launching pad. And so I like to say it's the one season to Jenny Slate, uh, as we saw with uh, Casey Wilson. She did like one season, was really good, mm-hmm. but they had a hard time like fitting her into roles, I feel like. Right. It was always like, oh, you can be like the bigger, funny friend. Uh, and then Tim Robinson also, he was on SNL for one season uh, and right. then went on to uh, greatness with I Think You Should Leave. Well, I was just watching Casey Wilson on Watch What Happens Live, um, and just very, very great appearance. But are you are you a Bravo person? I it's okay, Ashley. Okay, I'm not yeah, mad. Yeah, okay. Look, I am really not. I just watched The Housewives for the first time like a few months ago. Really, um, my friend started me with like Beverly Hills, I believe, and I saw some of Salt Lake City. I think. I feelings. I mean, I, I, I think, you, first of all, I want to tell you that you need to be kinder to yourself and not feel bad about not watching a lot of Bravo because you have, you watch so much TV. True. And I was just, I was literally like writing a note earlier, just like, I feel so overwhelmed with watching things. Like, I, like, I've, I've been I posting about spreadsheets. Love... It's really amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, I've been watching Love is Blind, but it's, I've so yes. many other things to watch and to do. And like a podcast takes 43 hours a, a day and like, uh, and like uh, blah, 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 all the writing things. I'm, it's like all these things take so much time. I'm like not finished with Love is Blind yet. And oh by the time God. this episode comes out, I'm definitely going to be like watch a But five, you're lucky episodes. because then the reunion episode comes out tomorrow. So you're just going to oh, have yes. the whole thing. Whereas like I had to wait every week and it's been so painful. 
Oh my god, it's but uh, uh, the anticipation has is sure worth it because I'm so deeply ingrained. Yeah. I'm so, but to this point of just like there's so many things to watch, it's nearly yeah. impossible. And I'm like, I'm a real, uh, you know, people know I'm a TLC baby. I'm a TLC head. I do 90 Day Fiance universe. Yes. That's my area of expertise. See, th- and that alone is quite a lot to in- intake. It, <laughs> yeah. When I was covering it for Vulture, I would. It was ridiculous how I would legitimately spend about six hours of my day just on 90 Day Fiance <laughs> content to keep up with everything because oh, there are I'm so sure. many shows. It's, yeah, it's, listen, we are the true soldiers. Um, exactly. Which is tough to say. Okay. What, yeah, what's no, happening that's, globally. yeah, no, never, but I'm not, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Wait, let's get canceled to get some press. Um, okay, so I want to say that this podcast famously asks us, our queer guests, a very important question. And I want to ask you this very important question the Ashley Ray. Whose fault is it that you're queer, that you're bi, that you're poly? What, who do we blame? I think we have to uh, blame Elaine Chaikin, the creator of the L word. Oh my God, yeah. Ashley! No, that what a what yeah. a gorgeous layered I response. I have to point the finger there. Ashley, I knew you would deliver, and you fully Amazon that answer. Yeah. and Next, also um, I just want to say she just got fired from like whatever Law and Order she was directing. <laughs> what she was doing yeah it was like the one with elliot stabler like the criminal and she was she got fired they brought in (laughs) someone else i don't know because she's elaine shiken and she like wrote the l word and like think of the crime series like stuff she wrote like literally she was just like how about jenny fell off a balcony like come on whoa 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 so, i mean like so yes. much tv goss so do you when you were watching the l word does it take you back to like like an age that you were at? oh yeah i was 12 when it came out mm. and i remember when they were like doing the press to lead up to it uh jennifer uh bet oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah uh flash dance she was like on the daily show and i also had a huge crush on john stewart as a kid it was weird in sixth grade i was just super into him <laughs> And, like, Bet and Jon Stewart on the screen together made me feel some kind of way. I was like, these two people. And then they showed, like, a sexy clip from the L word and John was talking about it. And I was like, I'm going to watch every moment of this show that I can. And I yeah. need to tell you, like, in an honest take, I have only heard so many great things about the L word and I never really watched it. And is it... Oh my god. Internalized lesphobia is it? Because I love lesbians. I love queer okay. women. I love Here's them. Here's the thing. I, what am I... The L word is not for people who like love lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I think it's for like queer for? women, women who love women who want to like watch something that's like our sex in the city. Like women you hate. And you're oh. like, why are they making the worst choices? And you're so frustrated and you're like, nothing makes sense. And then it's like for people who want to see like, you know, lesbian sex. And I, it's good drama. It is. But it is not something I like. For me, I rewatch it because it's it's like Sex in the City where it's like mm-hmm, so comforting. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. that messy soup. It's just <laughs> like I... 
I sometimes like you go between hate watching it and then being like, I love Shane so much. I would fight anyone who said anything bad about the character Shane. Oh yeah. And then, but I think this pitch is really selling me because I think I was being too precious. I was like, well, what Uh, if I, what, what is the L word? What if I don't like, is it a different word than I think it is? Well, that is part of the bit. So it's horribly (gasps) written. And what you need to know is every episode starts with a different L and Elena Chaikin could kind of never decide how she wanted to work that bit into the show. So, like, the first season, it's, like, every episode, there's, like, some big L word that centers everything. And a character at one point will be like, I guess that's just what it is. Loss. And you're like, oh. But then in the second season, I guess they were like, oh, that's a little too heavy handed. So it starts with these, like, queer gay moments in history and it, like, flashes back to, like, two gay cowboys in the 60s being like, I don't know, we just got to do what we do. And then it'll, like, somehow connect to a modern character. And it, it just was so messy and confusing. It is just... This poor writer's room where they were just yeah. pulling their hair out trying to figure out how to make... They're like, how do we fit lethargy in here? It's yeah. like, okay, well... There is a lethargy of this. No. That was a, That was a joke. No, no. there is... Every... Like, they... Also, it has the worst theme song in the world. And there is a reboot. So, like, you know, if the reboot is... Right. The reboot actually is better than the original, but that's, like, to its detriment because it's just not even entertaining. It's just, like, this is a fine show. And the original was, like, entertaining because it was bad and fine. And Which I kind of is full circle with and just like that because it's bad and fine. It's bad and good. Yeah. It's, like... You're, like, the quality's there... But like, right. like it's a hundred billion dollar yeah. budget, and yet Miranda is like pulling a clown mascot, <laughs> ma- mask wearing person. Like it's, yeah. What are we doing? It's, yeah. You know what we didn't? I didn't talk. There's just some of the problematic choices that and just like that made. Like just a quick comment on the Jewish joke that they ended up releasing the episode on Holocaust Remembrance. Yes, Day, I, where... I remember that. <laughs> Which I was like, you know, when your episodes are coming out, like, yeah, like this wasn't a surprise to you. Like you saw the calendar. Did you want that? And I'm not saying Holocaust Remembrance Day is like the headline news on February 3rd. But like, maybe we should have done some cross referencing. And I feel bad for the actor that had to say it, too, because like if I was offered, (laughs) that's a tough question. If I was offered the role to make a Jew joke on and just like that season two what would the Jew joke be only I can say it as a Jew um, I guess the Jew joke what if the Jew joke was like maybe something to do with like a rhinoplasty thing and as a big nosed man I, I'm also allowing myself to say this if I had to say a big nosed joke as a Jew on a just like that season two and I was getting paid yeah 20 grand for one day of work okay do I say yes do, or do you I say no um, um, <laughs> why well, I'm giving myself the most impossible question. God, I think I, I mean, like, I, I don't have scruples. I'm saying yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Ah, yeah, I would say yes in your position. Yeah. yeah like, what am I going to do? Like, not, not be on, not film yeah. with SJP uh, at a Shabbat dinner at Charlotte's house. Yeah, like, it would be amazing. Yeah, and then like, and then whatever press comes from it, I'd definitely I can be say, in a scene with Harry too, and that's like worth of, it. 
Harry Greenblatt. Yeah, I would love, I would love to do that. You know what? Yeah, I don't know why. I, there's just such a fear of like, of what, of saying the wrong thing. And I think yeah. that I, sometimes you just gotta really honor what you want deep down, yeah. which is to like be we, on an HBO show. Yeah. And it's like, these are the shows we love. We know they're problematic. Like, yes, the L word made me gay, but you know, that was going to happen anyway. So like, let's just enjoy this like weird problematic TV show with silly, like white ladies making bad decisions. Amen to that. Let's drink to that. I mean, I, I am curious though, when you, uh, you know, we're watching this, you're 12 years old, which is such a pivotal age. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you, what was the first, what, if you're okay answering, like your first experience where you were physical with a woman that was like confirmation or did you not need that? Just like I did not need to know I was attracted to a man. Like what, what, what was the full fledged feeling? I mean like the first time it was definitely watching the L word and it was a sex scene with Alice and I was like, something's happening. I was like, Mm -hmm. they talking, I like, I would like turn my, I had a Nokia phone and I like turned it into a vibrator and was like, <gasps> let's figure this out. And I just remember like watching the L word on my little tiny Toshiba laptop because I went to a really weird school where sixth graders got laptops. So I had a laptop that. at like 12, when I was 12. So like I would watch the L word that I downloaded from LimeWire Casa if it wasn't porn and it was an actual episode and I could watch it on this little laptop and I would just, I was just like, this is something to me, but what a gorgeous look into the past with Nokia vibrating yeah. in your crotch. And then your school mandated chunky laptop, chunky, that, chunky laptop. I mean, LimeWire, I think really is a queer ally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was how... the other one. LimeWire. Kaza. Kaza. Yeah. Kaza. I remember, I think, I, I find that to be really relatable. I just I just had an instant flashback to me downloading videos on LimeWire of guys that were masturbating because in my mind, I was just learning how to do it. I was like, I'm just, this is a tutorial and yeah, it's purely educational. I kind of would do that. I remember, like, I would do that by going into, like, AIM chat rooms. I was really into that. I would, like, go into the AIM chat rooms, like... That, okay, actually, that was my, like, technical first experience with a woman. Like, I was in lesbian chat rooms, and, like, there was this girl, like, Sue or something, who was probably, like, a 15-year-old boy in another city. And we were, like, talking, and it was just very, like, yeah, I'm a girl, and me too, like, I like girls, boobs. And I remember that night, like, in my, I had one of those, like, diaries that, like, locked with the sound of your voice. Of course. And I, that night I, remember, I wrote in it, I was like, I think I'm gay. <laughs> because I was like, this girl on AIM is like my girlfriend now. This girl, Sue, that lives in Oregon. And I, the... Yeah, I had like her name and stuff on an index card with like her AIM handle. And yeah. I just got chills because that's so, that it's was... so sweet and also devastating. I mean, it's yeah. like the, the secrets we kept in a, in a voice <laughs> voice activated. Yeah. If you're out there and you ever chatted with a doodle day on AIM, that was me. Hit me up. And let's have a doodle day ourselves. Yeah, now. unless you're unless you were a 15 year old boy, then don't. That's don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. 
I I think journals are quite uh, beautiful and just them. the worst idea in the world because my yeah there's just so many there's so many good things that come from putting your thoughts down and then so many risks that you have with putting your with putting your thoughts down yeah I just heard a story that I can tell because it's it's friend a friend a friend a friend and basically I found like an eight year relationship ended because a person had written something in their diary about cheating on their partner and then it wasn't just like they found the journal that person who did the cheating ripped out the pages crumpled them up and put them into a trash can and then while the partner who was cheated on was taking the trash out somehow saw these papers crumpled up opened them and then read the entries and then said girly can we even talk First of all, she wanted to get caught. This person wanted to get caught. They wanted to get caught. They wanted to get caught. Like, you burn it, you shred it, you rip it apart. You know how to get trash in a trash without people reading it. Like, yeah, you like know. How, does, how is it placed in a way that the, the person just happened to find them and unfurl? Like, yeah, like, that, perfectly that folded. Like, you know, no. You wrap it in a, in a pad, put a rabbit in toilet paper, whatever you got to do. There's a million ways to not get caught in that situation, which assuming yeah. you're ripping it out because you don't want it to be caught because and I, this sounds like something where you can trust your partner to not read your diary. So like, why take it out? Right. So uh, I don't know, though. I, I just I, I do you do you still keep a diary today? I do, which is because a lot of times people follow me on Twitter and they'll be like, why don't you get a diary? Not everything in your head has to come out. And I'm like, I do have one. <laughs> I'm like, this is not even everything in my head. And I know it's so much. <laughs> you are such a good tweeter. I just, the, the, the fearless abandon. It's really. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I, I got into it late. I think that is the key. Like, I mm. didn't really start using Twitter until it was like 2017. <laughs> and I know people Which... who are like, I've used it since high school. And I'm like, I think I'd be a different person if I had that kind of relationship. Oh, yeah, I think you would. And I'm grateful that you didn't start until after you were a literal teenager i want to ask because we've talked a bit about you being this poly icon we we and both of us in this room love marijuana huge fan of human sexuality i have a new question that as this podcast you know perseveres you're gonna be the first person i ask this new podcast question the question is if you were on OnlyFans, what would your niche be? To give you an example, mine would be constantly asking for validation. I would have one subscriber. It would be my mom. And it would just be me saying, do you think I'm funny? <laughs> what is your sexual niche on OnlyFans? Ooh, that is really hard. I don't know. That's... I just feel like my regular thing is so out there and for everyone that people would be like into, I do think it would be like a lot of like, what people would want from me is like weed tips during sex, like how to roll a blunt while like getting your pussy eaten. Uh, and then you nailed it. See, yeah. you needed two seconds to say that was a hard question. You know what? And you... <laughs> I had a job when I, when I had this very like office, like advertising job, we took these clients out and it was Portland, so weed was legal, and they were like, let's get the like clients joints and weed. And we did, but then because these were corporate people, they didn't know to like get papers and the things you actually need to roll joints. 
And someone, they obviously were like, Ashley, please help us. Cause I've always been a stoner like this. And so I'm like in the parking lot, like, yeah, I got you guys like going in my bag, pulling out papers and everything I got. I'm like on in a parking lot, like with my foot up on a bus, like rolling a joint. And like, as I'm doing that, like one of the managers on one of the teams is like, I have a feeling Ashley's done that while getting her pussy eaten before. And I just was like, this is okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I am so glad that my energy radiates that. Don't know that I needed it brought up now. From you. From you. But yeah, when you're right, <laughs> she, you're right. I like I like the idea of like, that's your archetype. You know, she's the type of person <laughs> that would roll a blunt while getting your pussy. pussy. She's the type I, of girl. I love that. <laughs> I wish someone said that about me. He's yeah. the type of guy that would snort a line while sitting on a... I mean, you know, I mean, that's not me. Could that's be not fun. Me, but like, wow, 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 wow. I think I would certainly pay to see that being done and to learn how to roll. I mean, yeah. first of all, I can't roll, I can't roll a blunt probably just with while not getting my pussy eaten. So yeah, I'm it's... such a fan of weed. I'm not... I've, Can you I'm roll joints? Like, no, I just like I'm I moved to California a wow. few months ago. I was always enjoying weed from other people and I'm now just like embarking on the actual yeah. building of the pyramid myself. And it's like you can start with pre-rolls and stuff. It's right. I only learned to roll joints because I lived in Germany in college. I studied abroad and over there they don't use bowls they all like roll you know spliffs they do tobacco and weed and they hand roll their own cigarettes so they're all just rolling joints and when i got there i lived on this floor with a bunch of like frat german guys who smoked pot and loved like family guy (laughs) and i would just constantly be asking them like do any of you have a pipe and they thought like for meth or crack they were like what are you talking about? They tried to give me this like metal pipe. I was like, this is not going to work. And finally they just like invited me into their room one day and they were like, look, you're going to roll cigarettes until you get it right. And when you get it right, we'll give you weed and you can roll joints. Cause oh my tobacco God. is harder I... to roll than, than weed. That needs to be made into a film. And then that will win the Academy Award. Honestly, I, I also so. want to bring up the fact that you seem to find the demographic of Boston no matter what country you're in. Oh my god! <laughs> you're right. Like, they all watch Family Guy. They all watch Family Guy and they all had like if you like Hamburgian Boston-ish German accents. There you go. Hamburg is the Boston is the of Germany. Boston of, oh my god. No, Hamburg's well, the Chicago we... of Germany. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I just decided to correct it because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Please, I, I, I please correct. Um, I do, I do want to ask you, uh, as as we progress, another very famous podcast question, which is, the Ashley Ray. If the world was ending and you could only save one character actress, who would you save? I I had to think a bit about this, and I think who I would go with is uh Wendy McClendon oh yeah thank yeah. you very good answer I am constantly impressed and surprised by guests who can come on here and just really give a nod to the people that deserve it and yes. Wendy you anytime know, Wendy pops up you're like I'm gonna laugh like it's and I anything. and I know she has done so much but I think that I'm so grateful that she was immortalized in Bridesmaids because the the quotes that she gave us the the performance it's like that 
perfectly captured her magic. I mean, I literally referenced breaking a towel in half <laughs> yesterday. I broke a towel in half. I mean, that that movie came out like She's, how uh, many years ago? Yeah, and it's, it's like iconic. I just want to watch The Daily Show without my husband entering <laughs> me. It's like she is so just good and it's like since reno 911 like uh she's been holding it down on the goldbergs for years now and people like i don't think give that credit a lot of performance because she really truly is the whole reason the show is still funny yes and i also was listening to her on a podcast with michelle collins i think where she was she's just like also just as a person seems to be so kooky and cool and normal and that to me is like the quintessential actor that you are in love with they are so funny on screen they're so talented but they're also just like you yeah like i imagine she's most like her character in uh barb and star go to visa del mar yes i think that's and that's and like i just feel like we'd have a good time uh-huh. yeah like it's the end of the world and we would be like hey me and that you. is it you would have a good time i bet she's like one of those people who's like i have an amazing margarita recipe uh I'm loving it. And her. then they knock you flat on your ass. They're <laughs> they're very sweet and you're fucking tanked after like, the giant like, glass that she gives you're you. You're just like, Wendy, what is in these? <laughs> what the fuck did you put in this crack? Wendy? And she's like, No, it's just Costco tequila. And you're like, fuck. Girl, yes. <laughs> um, another actor that I think is a good time, very talented, especially with all the roles she's done that she's the range Sarah Paulson I think that she is is a good time hang I think yeah. she takes herself a little more seriously than Wendy but she still can be a silly girly yeah you know I went to a panel on uh, impeachment uh, American crime story when they mm-hmm. did that and she did a panel with like Beanie Monica Lewinsky and she was surprisingly really goofy like she was so yeah. down to kind of just like make jokes and like makes fun of the show kind of and stuff and i was like okay yeah i think she'd be fun to hang out with yeah every time i see her there's things like that because like i think the whole idea of the ryan murphy shows that like and she's constantly being used you would maybe think would breed a person that's like the eighth grade theater girl that like got to get a few more extra lines than everyone else and then she thinks she's famous and it's like well girl Girl. you're still doing a play about a spider in a black box yeah like don't don't get too big Right, but like Sarah Paul, because like, hey, Sarah, you've done 15,000 Ryan Murphy shows that have varying levels of success. Like, are, do you think you're too good? And then you see her interviews like, oh, no, she's just yeah. like happy to be working. The girl she's is literally just, like, just yeah, she's like, throw a fat like, suit on me, whatever you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that. She's like, throw the latex, whatever you need. I will sit in my makeup chair, cash. Also, the fact that she's dating, um, oh, my God, the uh, oh. beautiful older woman that is... Holland Taylor. Yes, Holland, Holland Taylor. Taylor. Like, there's something so sexy That's just about hot. that. It's so hot. I love every bit about it. Like, it's just she's I just, so she's good. great. If she I want, is so good. I think like the L word reboot is really boring. I think they should have like redone it like based on like Sarah Paulson's actual gay life, mm. and that I would watch. <laughs> Wait, let's get that. Yeah. Sarah Paulson's like, because listen, can you imagine being in the room when Sarah Paulson and Holland Taylor first met and had like please. gorgeous sexual tension? All that chemistry like, in that, please. Please and thank you. But they just like devoured each other. And you know what? We're writing the new L word right now. The, yeah. the third, the third L word. This sounds a lot like the scene uh, with Jenny and Marina. You don't know what that means, but the people will know what kind of tension I'm referring to. Shout out to Jenny and Marina. To Jenny and Marina in that bathroom scene. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm already turned on by that. Yeah. As a sexual being, do you have any? Where, where's the craziest place you fucked up? <sighs> oh my god. Do you not? Or do you like <laughs> to just do the crazy? Do you just like to express yourself in a bedroom? No, I I am one of those people who's kind of I like I'm a Sagittarius. I'm very like into trying new things, exploring. Like if we're into each other and down, we're down. Uh, and I have been lucky to have like partners that I have been with for a while and who were like, we trust each other. Let's get like weird. So, oh, uh, like, mm, okay. Like, I mean, I've had sex in churches. I've had sex in, (laughs) in like when I, I was in Sweden for a bit and I had sex, uh, kind of near where the director Ingmar Bergman is buried. Not on, not on, because that would be wrong, and I wouldn't ever. You were in close proximity to the grave of Ingmar Bergman. Enough to see it. Never have I ever heard a gayer sentence being said, (laughs) I don't care who you slept with there, that is... No, I was in Sweden. I was in Sweden. um... (laughs) But But isn't there something so true about crossing international borders and getting so horny yeah like, what is it about it like first of all even if you're in a hotel in schenectady you're still you're horny because like, you're in a hotel yeah you're in a hotel it's horny and it's hot like but then when you're in europe it's like oh my god yeah. i mean and it was like we fucked in the woods in sweden like i fucked in the woods a lot of places i guess bar bathrooms that there were, I lived in Chicago for seven years, and mm. there was a time you couldn't point to a bar bathroom I hadn't had sex in in Logan Square. Um, do you prefer, is it the stall itself? Is it an individual person, uh, or have you been like a multiple person? I have made both work. I prefer a, a one-person bathroom. You know, like, we're now in this area where, like, every bathroom's gender by it, like, you know, for everyone. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they'll just have, like, three private bathrooms instead of, like, stalls. And that okay. works out great. It uh, works out great for people who want to have sex. Works out great for cokeheads. It's a win-win for everybody in the club. It's and... making everyone happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually realizing, I was about to say, I don't think I really hooked up in a bathroom. But I just realized when I was in college, I was, um, kind, unfortunately kind of prudy um i just come out like right before i moved uh, went to college in new york and i um had my first boyfriend and he wanted while we were at my college he wanted to hook up in the bathroom and i like could barely get into it because i was like so i i I will say it was like a big multiple stalled bathroom yeah That's, so that, that adds tension. I think for my first go, I was, you know, ripping the bandaid off a little too quickly. My, my first bathroom sex was uh, at Midway Airport in Chicago. <gasps> airports are, oh, airports oh, yeah. are horny too. Airport's super horny. And it was like, I was going away to college and like leaving my boyfriend behind. And it was very like, oh my God, what will I see you again? And then I was oh. like, I was like, well, there's a family bathroom over there. And then we <laughs> fucked in it. And then minutes after you left, a one-year-old's ass was wiped on the very <laughs> counter. Can were... we use the sink? Yeah, how dare that... you oh, imagine that using the baby weird. changing table? <laughs> Not like, you know what? It was fine. <laughs> 
you know we wiped it down yeah um oh my god that is so i there needs to be a whole series done on like the horniest places to hook up and, and why airports hotels and like listen i'm not saying airports are like you know the cleanest most romantic no. but there's something about like being in transit there's something yeah. about being surrounded by so many people also with like gay men there's such a thing about the tapping of the stall like the cruising and i do you remember there was like a series of like famous politicians that were like yeah. constantly being caught all like, the, yeah like this was always happening yeah, it would always just be like hey and it would, they'd be like no i was just tapping a song out and it was like no <laughs> sing that song dude ah yeah, just doo-dah. doing my business and tapping away and it would be like no bro you were literally like in morse code being like give me a blowjob for 50 bucks like <laughs> oh if only i knew morse code uh. Well, listen, before we wrap this episode up, I want to ask a a final question that I haven't uh, prepped you on, and it's just to gauge where we're at emotionally, physically, politically, etc. Ashley Wright, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Ooh. Oh, wow. The best Whoopi Goldberg film... You know, honestly, I am going with The Color Purple. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Very good. You know, there's all oftentimes the conversation goes between Color Purple and Sister Act 2. Yeah. That was one of the things that really, I think, cemented Whoopi as like a, a, a icon level. Yeah, icon, legend. It was just like, I'm Whoopi and I can do it all. Don't yeah, just like yeah. put me in comedy. This is, you know, and I think as like a black comedic performer, I'm always loving when like we show people like, oh, you know, we can do drama like when Monique had her moment. It's like, yes, like there's so much range that I want people to constantly be reminded about because as much as we love Whoopi on The View, I really want her to make a return to showing that gorgeous ability on screen. I really I really hope she does that. Yeah, I think that would be great. I'd love to see her in more acting roles again and just, you know, she had like a thing where she was doing a bunch of TV comedies for a bit. Like she'd Mm -hmm. do like a, you know, a pop in on 30 Rock, but, you know, get to get back to it, Whoopi. From our mouths to Whoopi's ears. Ashley Wright, I want to thank you for coming on this podcast. You are so fun to talk to and I want everyone if they're not already following you to please follow. Ashley, can you tell us where to follow you? Yeah, on Twitter at the Ashley Ray, two E's in the uh, or Instagram at the Ashley Ray or you can head to my website for my show dates my podcast TV I say at www.theashleyray.com Ah, oh, gorgeous. Thank you so much, Ashley. And I can't, I definitely will be seeing you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This was so fun. Oh. Friend of the Pod Productions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, 
people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.